Welcome to Sister Stories, curious investigation of the lives of amazing women of the world. I'm your host, Betsy Weersma. Today's sister story is Marianne Richmond. I have to go back to nine years old and normal happy-go-lucky kid doing brownies, taking piano lessons, whole thing. And out of the blue, I, I'll never forget the day. It was January 25th, 1975, nine years old, talking to my dad. Felt like a pinch in my left pinky. A numbness started spreading through my hand, looking at that. What's going on? And it turned out to be my very first grand mal seizure. Ran down the hallway, collapsed in the kitchen, and you know, had a grand mal seizure. And that started this 15-year journey through undiagnosed epilepsy essentially. So as a nine, 10 year old girl, middle school, high school, I was dealing with seizures that were misdiagnosed at every turn. I had doctors telling me, A, I was making it up. I mean, several prominent neurologists sat across from me and said, it's psychosomatic. And as a child, it's like, no, I, I'm not making this up. You know, there says you're using it for your mother's attention. Uh, no, could think of a lot of ways other than collapsing on the ground. Um, a homeopathist told me I had uh, brain allergies. So a lot of things put on me as a child that were so confusing to me of me thinking, no, I think I know this. And then all these adult voices saying, no, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. So that culminated in college. I had a really big seizure in my college dorm. And I was 18 years old, finally. Went to the hospital. That was the first time a doctor said, you have epilepsy. It's like, oh, awesome. And here's some medication that will help you with that. Great. And started taking that with a mother who was not supportive. So I feel like that whole journey kind of chipped away at my self-confidence and self-trust. So fast forward a couple more years, I'm a young adult, 20, still taking my meds, and I move out to Connecticut to start my first job post-college. And I'm in aerobics class in downtown New York City and doing my you know, windshield wipers, and I feel my left pinky go. It's like, you are kidding. Like, I'm on meds, this shouldn't be happening. And that prompted me to go see another neurologist out there. And she said, have you ever had an MRI? I have not. Believe it or not, the MRIs did not come out till 1987. I mean, we feel like they've been here forever. They weren't. And she said, I think you should have one, okay. And she called me at work the next morning and said, are you sitting down? Because there's something in your brain that should not be there. And that turned out to be a brain tumor. Thankfully, benign, but I went through brain surgery at 25. Again, without the support of my mom and dad, I was kind of doing it on my own. Except at the time I had, was dating my um, boyfriend, Jim, who is now my husband of 26 years. But he was really 
God sent. I mean, it's like this man showed up on my journey five months before brain surgery and was totally rock solid. So during my recovery from brain surgery, I'm bald, bored, sitting at home, and I started painting thank you cards for people because I had 10 hours a day to do whatever, was sick of watching TV, and so I started painting these very simple little cards for people. And a friend of mine at the time came over and he's like, what are you doing? I said, I'm just painting these silly little cards. He's like, oh no, I could sell those. Like, really? Because they were so simple. It's like, you know, petal, 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 stem, flower, write the word thank you. And he took away a stack of these little cards and started selling them to gift shops and bringing me back orders to my house. And that is how my creative journey started. I never saw that for myself. Um, it wasn't the best in art class. You know, that was Debbie. Debbie was great. I'd look at her stuff. It's like, I suck at this. But when it came to illustrating that first book, I didn't know where you'd find an illustrator. So I'm like, I'm, I'm gonna figure this out. And I bought a bunch of cards with angels on them and copied them to practice my own angel. And I finally got one that looked decent. And that's how I illustrated my first book. But, but for so long, it really was copying other people, looking at other people's art saying, I want mine to look like that. And slowly finding my own voice in art and believing that my own way was good enough, which is the, has been the journey of my life, is all that self-trust that was eroded up until brain surgery and like, oh my God, there was something wrong with me. Psychosomatic, brain allergies. Yeah, no, I had a tumor. There was a real reason I was having epileptic seizures. And honestly, it's been a lifetime of learning how to trust myself. I feel like I lived most of my life, even into my 30s, from fear, because that's all I knew. I learned to always be expecting the other shoe to drop which was what having seizures was like. You didn't know when it was gonna happen. You didn't know when it was gonna take you down and make you, it's the ultimate out of control because your body's doing things that you can't control. And that's how I started to view life. All this stuff was happening to me. And I think the shift that happened was I started to believe things were happening for me. That even the darkest things and the most difficult journeys were actually for me that they were serving me instead of happening to me and woe is me. So I think changing that perspective from fear to faith. Um, another thing was um, the topic of bravery. You know, we throw that around so much. Be brave, she's brave. And I think somewhere along the way, we've equated brave with these huge steps, out loud moments. And it's brave is, brave is really a choice and what it means to you. And brave can be the tiniest little thing. It can, be, it can be saying yes, it can be saying no, it can be stepping up, it can be walking away. And it's answering the voice of your heart. And I think that's the third piece is another thing. What does your heart say? Listen to your heart. What does that even mean? What does that mean? And for me, I finally have figured out what it means. It, it, it's a feeling and you have to really learn what that means. It's a congruency and it's a peacefulness and recognizing that as your barometer and your GPS. I'm like, okay, my head, my heart, my gut, I'm feeling good all the way through. 
And fear feels very different. It's a motor and it's running. And when you're making decisions out of that place, it's never going good. I wanna write a memoir. I wanna write my journey um, from a place of, um, yeah, self-discovery. Like what happens when, um, like for me, that, that first half of epilepsy and being so out of control with a very disconnected mother who is basically putting her fears on me and not looking at me as an individual, which is why all my books are messages to kids of honoring individuality. I'm speaking into the lives of children what I wanted to hear. So in a way, I feel like everything I've done has been healing some part of me. And what's next is I want to have a different audience for my work. I want, I want women. I've spoken into kids and I want to speak to women and I want to write the story behind my stories. Like, why have I done this whole body of work? Well, I'll tell you, this is everything that's led up to it. So that's what I'd really love to do. Thank you for listening to Sister Stories, part of the Global Sisterhood Podcast Network. We are women who amplify our voices and are committed to inspiring people with podcasts on purpose. Learn more, globalsisterhoodpodcastnetwork.com.